Good morning. How we doing? Good to see everybody. So glad to be here this morning. Beautiful Sunday morning. So I have a question for you. First of all, have you had your coffee this morning? Okay. Now I want to see uh, hands this morning. How many of you have had at least one donut hole? I want to see hands. Okay. All right. Good deal. So uh, this morning, there's just going to be a little minor, minor theme about donuts. So I just letting you know. Okay. So um, this morning, uh, just be in prayer for Pastor Jake, Pastor Bethany. They are preaching, teaching over in Bend at Joy Church Bend. So um, Joy Church Bend isn't actually one of our churches, but they're a great church. So um, maybe they will become one of our churches. We'll see, you know. But anyway, this morning we are continuing a series called Ordinary Extraordinary. And um, two weeks ago we talked about holy habits that are so important. Last week we talked about obedience, ordinary obedience. But today uh, we're going to talk about ordinary serving. So first off, let's just read a couple of lines here from Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. I'm going to stop right there. So the ordinary things in life can, can change a lot in your life. They can become extraordinary. So Today, we're talking about ordinary serving, which we will see does some extraordinary things. I don't know if you, uh, th when you think about that word, serving, it doesn't evoke much emotion, right? It seems pretty menial, but believe it or not, this word changes everything. So there's a man in the Bible. We're going to uh, look at his story a little bit. His name is Joseph, and most of you have read his story. His story is so unusual. It's so phenomenal. This guy that uh, started out with ver some very low beginnings ended up in prison, literally with stalks around his ankles and around his neck. He ends up becoming the number two uh, ruling person in all of Egypt. And at that point in time, Egypt was one of the ruling powers of the world. And he was the number two guy. Number two only to Pharaoh. So we're going to go uh, look at his story. We're going to start in Genesis 39. It's a fairly long story, and we're not going to cover all of it, okay? We're just going to look at some pieces that are so cool. So to start off with, uh, Joseph was hated by his ten older brothers. And there's some reasons for that, but it was pretty much unjust. And they sold him to some slave trader, traders that were heading to Egypt. So in Genesis chapter 39, verse 1, it says that Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders. He was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. The Lord was with Joseph, so he, he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. And... Joseph served him. That's the King James says, says it that way. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. 
He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. Okay, so moving forward in the story, we're going to skip a bunch, but he is falsely accused and he's thrown into the dungeon. So, dropping down to verse 22, before long in prison, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The warden had no worries because Joseph took care of everything. He served the warden. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. Okay, chapter 40, verse 1. Sometime later, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer and chief baker offended their royal master. Pharaoh became angry with these two officials and put them in the prison where Joseph was. They remained in prison for quite some time, and the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, who looked after them, and he served them. Well then, if you know the story, through a series of events, Joseph is elevated to number two in Egypt. So going to verse, uh, chapter 41, verse 46, it says, He was 30 years old when he began serving in the court of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. So here is this man, Joseph, and regardless of where he was, regardless of the circumstances that he was facing, sometimes not very good and sometimes pretty amazing, it didn't really matter what the circumstance was. He served those around him. Sometimes those that were equal to him or lower than him, and sometimes those that were much higher than him. In every case, he served his father, his brothers, Potiphar, the prison warden, the captain of the guard, the uh, cupbearer. He even finally served Pharaoh. So we see here that ordinary serving led to extraordinary results. At the end of the story, we discover that God's purpose for Joseph was to save the world and his family from a seven-year famine. And so his uh, simple, ordinary serving eventually led him to that place of serving where God used him in an amazing way. Now, today, I am talking to the choir because, as they say, uh, Joy Church is an amazing church. And one of the reasons it's so amazing is because the people of Joy Church are servants. The people of Joy Church um, understand what God is doing, and they say, I want to take my place, and I want to serve, and I want to help make the vision of Joy Church happen. So hopefully you guys are just going to be encouraged, like, hey, I'm doing well. I'm going to keep going, all right? So we're going to talk about four things today. But first of all, simple definition. It's simply serving is to meet the needs of someone else. Very simple. But I want to read this verse from Philippians chapter 2 because it gives us a little deeper meaning of this idea of serving. It's Paul here talking about Timothy. He says, I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. All the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. And so here we have this example that Paul gives us of this guy named Timothy that he understood what, was, what really mattered and so he served in a genuinely caring way those around him. 
just like Joseph. Wherever he found himself, he considered the needs of those around him and served them. So, four things that we're going to talk about, okay? The first one, ordinary serving is the heart of Jesus. So we're going to see a number of verses. There's so many about Jesus. We're going to start off with Mark chapter 10 and verse 45. And this was like a summary verse for Jesus. It says, Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. Uh, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 6 and 7 goes a little bit more in depth in explaining this. It says that though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave or servant and was born as a human being. This is our Jesus. And in his um, act of serving, he did an incredible death blow to the fabric of the universe. Because that is not what a king, what a God that created everything does. He doesn't do that. He, a God struts around, right? A God enjoys his position. But no, Jesus did something very differently. Now, there are two uh, essential kinds of serving, okay? The first one is where you don't have a choice in the matter, right? You are being told what to do. You're a slave. You're a nobody. You are a disposable asset. That's what you are, right? You are simply complying, and in many cases, so you can get the paycheck. Anybody with me? Okay, now that is not serving as we're talking about today, okay? But serving is what we are called to. And why are we able to do this, this kind of serving? It's because, number one, we recognize who we are. So if you see Jesus, he knew who he was. He understood. He was the beloved of the Father. He was the God of the universe. He knew who he was, and therefore, he was able to lower himself and humble himself. And that's what we're called to do as well. We're called to recognize who we are. In Luke chapter 22, verse 27, this is Jesus talking. He says, who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? And his answer, of course, is the one who sits at the table, of course, is the more important one. That's how we think. But Jesus says, but not here. For I, and he was God, I am among you as one who serves. So, Jesus is our example. He lowered himself, knew who he was, and that's why he was able to do it. And he humbled himself because he wanted to meet our needs. And that's our calling as followers of Jesus Christ. Okay, number two, second thing we learn is that ordinary serving elevates others. So I'm going to read now uh, the rest of Mark chapter 10 and 45. We started with it. This is Jesus, uh, speaking of Jesus. It says, Jesus came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. So his act of serving, he did many things before he died. So he served every day, 
But his final act of serving was to give himself in death for our sin. And what happened as a result of that? We are liberated from sin. We're liberated from the bondage of this world and we become free and we are elevated. We become sons and daughters of the Most High God. We're brought into the family. We have an inheritance and we're given all kinds of gifts and opportunities. That's what Jesus did in his act of serving. He elevated us. So, first thing, we understand who we are. We understand that we are sons and daughters of the Most High. And therefore, we are then able to place value on other people and elevate them. Uh, tech team, if you want to put that photo up on the screen. So, uh, this, um, you can't really tell it, but this is a, a uh, sculpture. And it's got a little yellow price tag on it. And it was in a Goodwill in Austin, Texas. And it said $34.99. And just imagine you're walking through Goodwill and you need some more artwork for your, your home. And so, hey, that's kind of cool. $35. I don't know. Okay, $35. Yeah, let's do it. It'll be kind of cool. You get it home, and you discover that in reality, it is an ancient artifact. It's 2,000 years old, and it's worth thousands of dollars. And unfortunately, you have to relinquish it to the library or the museum where it belongs. But um, the point is, is that many times in life, we don't recognize the value of those around us. We walk by them in 35 bucks, you know, and we don't see that every single person is worth thousands of dollars. In fact, their worth cannot be counted. That is how much every single one of us is worth. I love C.S. Lewis's quote, there are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. When we encounter every person we need to realize who they are. They have been created in the image of God. They were so valuable that Jesus was willing to die for them on the cross to bring them into a relationship with him, the God of the universe. That's who we are. I've got one more uh, illustration here. <clears throat> uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Horst Schultze. And most of you probably haven't heard of him. But he is the famous co-founder of the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Group. And I, I heard his story. He started from very humble beginnings, uh, a little town in Germany. And he started out, um, his, his family was not rich or anything. He started out as, as a busboy uh, in a restaurant. That's his beginnings. But he had this dream to have a hotel someday. And, uh, but one of the things that is so cool about his story is that he recognized his personal value and the value of every person around him. And so, eventually, um, he became uh, co-owner of the Ritz-Carlton. But he has this motto, and they can put it up on the screen here. This is his motto for his employees. We are ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. So he's saying that, yes, you're a servant. And yeah, you're going to do maybe some uh, very uh, menial tasks on behalf of those that you're serving. But you are a lady 
you are a gentleman. You have value. And regardless of who it is that you happen to be serving, they have value. And that simple motto was one of the keys to his hotel organization becoming one of the greatest and best in the world. So um, we want to see people for who they are, and we want to humble ourselves, and we want to elevate them. And you know, here at Joy Church, we do that in a lot of ways. And one of the, one of the simple ways we do that is our uh, hospitality team. Is Karen in here? I just want to honor Karen. Where's Karen? Karen, raise your hand if you're in here. She's not in here. Oh my goodness. But I see Kim back there in the back row, I think, and John. Anyway, we have an awesome hospitality team, and they serve donut holes. And donut holes have power. They bless people. They uh, serve and elevate people. And some of you were elevated this morning because you received a donut hole. But we serve in so many practical ways here at Joy Church. We have so many different teams. And it's so awesome that we have so many people that, that see the need and say, okay, God, what have you given me? And I'm going to jump in and do it. But we serve in many different ways. We help people in our neighborhood, in our workplace, here at church. We help them by maybe um, helping them learn a new skill. Maybe we help them fix their car. Maybe we help them move. Maybe we help give them a, a ride. Uh, maybe we share our faith because we love them. We help them in so many day, ways, and that is our calling to elevate other people. Okay, our third thing that we learn here is that ordinary serving releases power, unlocks doors, and breaks chains. You know what? I better get moving. So, what do I mean by this? I'm going I'm to read one verse of Scripture here. It's James 4 and verse 6. It says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So, when we are functioning in pride, God's not helping us, okay? God is actually opposing us. But when we humble ourselves and we serve somebody... Something is happening. The grace of God is being released. The power of God is now working through you. You have humbled yourself, you've seen a need, and you've given yourself to it. And the Holy Spirit is working through you. His power is being released. You are entering into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of darkness is the opposite. It demeans people, it puts people down, it controls people. But the kingdom of God releases people. It blesses people. And so we are releasing power when we serve somebody. Ever so often, I see a seasoned pastor sitting in next track, not because they need it, but because they've humbled themselves and they feel God's called them here, and so they want to give what God's put in there. And they're willing, though they could be teaching the class, to sit in there and receive and become part of the team. It's so cool. They are releasing power by that act. Serving unlocks doors. You know, life is tough. Life hurts. Things happen. And it's so easy to close our hearts off to other people because we've been hurt, we've been wounded. I remember uh, one time many years ago, I was working for a company and there was another coworker, and for some reason, he did not like me. And he just had it in for me. 
And one particular day, um, we were assigned to go to a job together. So we're in the company truck. He's driving, and there's silence. And um, anyway, God, I think it was God, put an idea in my head, and I said, hey, pull over at that donut shop. I want to buy you and me some donuts. And you know what? Like I said, there is power in donuts. <laughs> because from that moment on, our relationship changed. And that's all it took. Now, sometimes it, you, know, you can serve and serve and serve, and that, that door is really thick, and it takes a long time. Sometimes it doesn't happen that quickly. But when you serve somebody, you are beginning to unlock those doors. They're receiving the grace of God, and something is beginning to open them up. So when we serve, we unlock doors in people's lives. We also break the chains of self. I don't know about you, but I'm selfish. And there's a lot of times when I bow the knee to self. But every time I serve somebody, I'm saying no to self. I'm breaking a little bit of that chain that is wrapped around me that wants to keep me bound to myself. We're to be free people. We're to be free to do what God's called us to do. And so he wants to release us from those chains of self. And it, it does that. Eugene Peterson says, a servant Christian is the freest person on earth. I love that. Okay, fourth thing we learn is that ordinary serving will take you to the fulfillment of your God-given purpose. In 1 Peter 4.10, Scripture says, God has given each of us a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. You know, God has given each of you a gift, probably multiple gifts, probably many gifts. But why has he given you a gift? It's because he has a task that he wants you to fulfill. And you need those gifts to do what he's called you to do, what he's created you to do. We say it a lot around here. You're not time plus slime plus chance. You're created by God on purpose and for a purpose. Now, when you begin to recognize a need that you have the ability, the gift, the time, the resources to meet, you're actually moving into your calling. Maybe in a very small way. Very, maybe in a, in a very insignificant way. But just like Joseph, who just served wherever he was, he used what he had and he served, eventually his serving took him to where God wanted him. And I, I believe that, well, well there's, there's thousands of stories around the world of people that started off serving a need and ended up someplace that they never would have dreamed they would be there. And I believe everybody here, God has purposes and callings in your life. And you will never see those fulfilled unless you just start by saying, okay, God, what is it you want me to do today? Who is it that you're calling me to serve today? D.L. Moody says, many people want to do great things for God, but few are willing to do the small things. Matthew 25, 25 says, you have been faithful over a little. Jesus talking, I will set you over much. That's what God wants to do. He wants to give you more as you're faithful with the little that he's given you. Okay, I'm going to uh, look at just three tips on how to serve 
Three, three simple tips. Number one, make the role of servant your identity. This was Jesus' chosen identity. Think about it. The God of the universe said, I'm here to serve. That's who I am. I am a servant. You know, if we can make that our identity, that's how I think about myself. I, wherever I am, I'm there as the hands and feet of Jesus. Again, maybe in a very small, insignificant way. Perhaps I'm just smiling at somebody, saying, hey, how you doing today? You know, I'm just showing a little bit of love and compassion to somebody. But I am taking on the role of servant wherever I am. Number two. Second tip is, in serving others, be serving him. This is such an important key. Uh, again, many years ago, uh, I was working in construction, and um, I really wanted to have a job superintendent like Avin. I don't know if Avin is here this morning, but he probably will be here later if he's not right now. But now Avin, uh, he's a strong boss but he's also a gentle boss. He's a kind boss. And I guarantee you that everybody working for him likes working for Avin. Now, my situation was quite the contrary, all right? Um, I had a job supervisor that once in a while, praise God, it was just once in a while, I was assigned to work underneath him. Well, I had, when I worked for him, I had all kinds of new names that I didn't know about. I didn't know that I had that name. And... Um, he really had a way of making you feel just like dirt. He was so good at it. No matter how hard you're working, no matter the best job you were doing, he still, he prided himself in making you feel like dirt. But you know what? I, I really, I remember God telling me, who are you working for? Who are you serving? Are you serving me? Can you serve this job superintendent like me and unto me? And you know what? So I started thinking about that. I said, okay, that's right. I'm here serving God. And I'm going to serve this gentleman that has a lot of hurts in his life, and that's why he treats me the way he does. He's, he really is hurting, and I'm going to serve him. And you know what? God totally changed everything on, on my job. And I started saying, it just, you know, like rain off a duck's back. It didn't bother me what he called me. And I was able to actually enjoy working for him in that situation. And that's what God wants for us. In Colossians 3, verse 23, says, work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember, the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward. He wants to reward us for every act of serving that is done unto him, for him. He's going to reward you. He's going to bless you, but it concludes that the master you are serving is Christ. The master you are serving is Christ. Isn't that awesome? Final tip is serve with joy. Psalm 100 verse 2 says, serve the Lord with gladness. God wants to fill us with joy. And, and really there is something amazing when you do serve uh, unto him, he gives you that joy. Um, he fills you up with that joy. Hebrews 12, 2, this is speaking of Jesus, says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. 
He knew that he had a reward coming, and he was willing to sacrifice himself for us. And so God gave him that joy in that moment, in spite of the pain, in spite of the suffering, God gave him that internal joy to see the future and to serve. So, ordinary serving, it's the heart of Jesus. It elevates others. It releases power, unlocks doors, breaks chains, and will cause me to fulfill the calling that I have in my life. Let's pray this morning. Father, I pray that all of us would see our calling to follow you in your footsteps and be servants of others. Wherever we are, whatever our circumstances, whether we feel like we're in the prison or we are, feel like we're in the palace, God, let us serve as you've called us to serve, Lord. Let us be your hands and feet wherever we are. Lord, let us elevate others. Let us see their need. Let us reach out and meet that need with what you've given us, God. And let us discover, Lord, the joy that you have for us as we do this. God, I'm believing that we as a church are going to grow in our serving capability, our serving here in, this, in these four walls, but also our serving in our community, God. I believe that you want to do greater things through us, Lord. You want to use us in some greater ways, Lord. There's some mission that you want us to accomplish in our city, and it's going to start with simple serving, Lord. You're going to open doors for us as we give of ourselves to serve for you. Lord, we pray that you would use Joy Church and all the other churches in our city, Lord, to bring the gospel to our city, God. Lord, don't let us just get, get satisfied and sit back and, and relax, Lord. Let us pursue what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's keep our heads and eyes closed this morning. I know there's people here this morning that you're here and you sense God is moving in your heart and he's drawing you. And you may feel that you've been in a place where you've been trapped and you've been stagnated and, and life isn't going well. And, and you're hearing what we're talking about this morning, that God created you. He has a destiny for you to fulfill. He wants to fill you with his love and his joy and his sense of purpose in life, regardless of where you are right now. And if you are in that place this morning, God's inviting you. And you can make the start today. Today, you can begin this journey. Today, you can say, I am going to follow Jesus Christ. I don't understand everything, but I'm going to take a step of faith and I'm going to follow him. If you are here this morning, that's you, please raise your hand right now. We're not going to call you out. We're not going to embarrass you. But today is your day when you can take a step and say, yes, I am going to follow Jesus Christ. I see your hand. Thank you so much. That is so awesome. Thank you, Lord. Today is the day. All right, we're going to pray together. And today is going to be the beginning. This prayer is not a magic prayer, but if you really mean these words, God is going to respond to you. And this is going to be the beginning of your life with him. So repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for the cross. Thank you for dying for me. I put my hope and trust in you. 
I repent and turn away from my sin. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I give you my life. You're in charge now. And I thank you, Jesus. Amen.